So are you tired of seeing little or no return for your marketing efforts? Have you been burned doing business with cheap internet companies that lock you into long-term contracts and provide no tangible results? Do you want people who are actually interested in your products and services to find you easily on the internet? WSI has developed in-depth knowledge and an extensive network of industry thought leaders that know your company's goals and objectives are unique. When you work with them, you not only gain the local expertise of your WSI consultant, but they guide you through an effective strategy based on digital experience of their global network. Work with a company that understands your business and provides real results at a price you can afford. Find them at WSIDigitalConnections.com. That's WSIDigitalConnections.com. Welcome to Digital Connections, where we bring in expert advice to connect you with the services and resources to build a successful business and ultimately to create the life of your dreams. This show is for entrepreneurs, business owners, and anyone interested in running a side hustle to their current nine to five. One episode at a time, we help you build a successful business through amazing digital connections. I'm your host, Nancy Johnson, owner of WSI Digital Connections, a full service digital marketing agency. Business owners hire my team to create magnetic marketing formulas through business coaching and strategic planning. On my way to running a successful company, I have found amazing resources that have helped my business grow and they can help your business thrive too. Everyone needs a friend in digital marketing because digital marketing is about connecting people. So my friends, today we are talking about women business owners specifically, and um, we're going to talk about how women can stop shortchanging themselves in business. Now, I am fully aware that my audience is not just women, and of course, I wouldn't have it any other way because I love helping any and all small business owners and entrepreneurs to get ahead of the curve. But my strongest desire with this show is to create a tribe of people that can help support each other through the sometimes lonely journey that is business ownership. And for me, as you know, this is more than just a concept. This is what I live. This is These are the conversations that I have on a daily basis with people. It is why I go out and look for resources to bring back to this audience that can truly help and support them in their efforts. But I believe that we need to understand the battles that we each face within this ecosystem so that we can all help fight those effects. The stronger that we make in all small businesses, the better chance that we all have of not just surviving, but of thriving. So with that said, I could not pass up the opportunity to speak with my next guest, Patty Block with the Block Group. So Patty teaches women business owners who are experts in their field how to turn up the power to price, sell, and run their businesses on their own terms. This means fine-tuning their operations and scaling their revenue for strategic growth. As their trusted advisor, she brings a unique perspective, having experienced and solved many of the same complex issues women face as leaders, moms, daughters, 
daughters and sisters. Forming a partnership of unbiased accountability, she helps women position their companies from a financial, operational, and technological standpoint for game-changing results. Patty raised three fantastic kids, all of whom are business owners and also work in Patty's company, essentially raising her own workforce. So Patty, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. I love that. I, you know, I wish I had thought of that way back when, and I wish that I had raised my own workforce. I would be sitting pretty now. My goodness. <laughs> so let's start with a little bit more about the block group. What is the business focus for your company? So I serve as a business advisor exclusively for women owned businesses. And I work with women that are experts in their fields. So a lot of accountants, attorneys, engineers, and marketing and PR professionals. And the concept here is helping them generate more revenue with less stress. So as you mentioned in the introduction, it's very focused on pricing, on selling, and helping women understand their business does not have to be a burden. And I can show them a different way to approach their business and to run their business. Nice, nice. Well, how do you fit into the equation? How did your own personal journey bring you to here? It was not a straight line. <laughs> and I think when we're growing up, we make the mistake or maybe we're just innocent and naive. And I know I was and thought my life would be a straight line. But my journey took several turns and curves because I had a company that focused on political consulting and lobbying, which I loved. It was fascinating and I'd never do it again. But, <laughs> but I learned a tremendous amount and it also helped clarify the women that I work with are the women that I want to help speak up, speak out, communicate effectively so that they can build their company in the way that works for them. And as a political consultant and a lobbyist, there were many challenges for me, one of which was I, there was no one for me to trust. So if there was someone to help me grow my company, I didn't know how to find them and I didn't know who to trust. And the other issue was that my revenue was very tied to the election cycle. So mm. lots of revenue ups and downs. And because of all of that, um, I knew I wanted to focus on helping small business owners. However, there was also so much discrimination against women as lobbyists and political consultants that that really struck me that most of the deals were made on the golf course and the strip clubs. And I'm a mm. young mom of three kids. I'm not, that's not where I'm going to be. So I had to figure out creative and clever ways to get the deals done. And so that was a huge challenge, but it also made me realize how much we as women need to help each other mm. and need to support and empower each other. So that became part of my mission. I might still be doing that today, except I had a surprise divorce and realized very quickly that I needed to close my company after eight years in business because I needed to stop traveling and stabilize things for the kids. And I also needed health insurance. And at that time in Texas, you couldn't just go out and buy health insurance. So uh. 
that was my motivation to close my company and get a job. And I went to an international school and became director of development and then director of operations. So was there for about eight years, all of that time planning this company and founded this company in 2006 and have been working with women business owners ever since. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I kind of caught a little bit of it uh, in what, what you were talking about, but um, why do you focus on women business owners specifically? Yeah, part of it is that we need to be supporting and empowering each other as women. <clears throat> Excuse me. The other part is I know that that is where I have the biggest impact, that I have experienced a lot of the same challenges that my clients have. And also, I really understand at such a deep level all of the things that are pulling at us, family, including our extended family. I'm a caregiver for my mom. I have three young adult children now who are all, they're all grown and they've launched their careers and they've started their businesses, but it doesn't mean they don't need me. And so I know that we have all of these competing things that are vying for our attention and need us to be paying attention to it. And we're trying to run our business and grow it in a way that makes sense to us. And mm -hmm. that's actually one of my, my big concerns is that there's an old corporate model and that's kind of all we know. So we, mm. we repeat that in our businesses and it doesn't work very well for women. It never did. It sure mm. doesn't now. And there are better ways to really not only address the issues you may be facing, but to really grab onto those opportunities that are out there. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think, uh, more and more we see that, that ideal of the corporate, uh, uh, career, uh, has had to shift, um, not just with the pandemic. I mean, it was already, uh, starting to head that direction, but I do think that the the pandemic, of course, you know, helped push it even more, uh, more so. Right. Um, and so learning what those ways are, I think you're right. That's probably one of the biggest challenges, uh, that most all entrepreneurs face that come from that corporate world is understanding uh, how to, how to make that shift mentally, uh, into, uh, what they're, what it is they're doing. Right. Um, and speaking of which, so what was, what has been one of the biggest challenges that you have faced and is it different than what you see other women business owners facing today? No, I think we're all experiencing similar things and it's, <clears throat> excuse my voice. It's less about oppression or, discrimination in my view. Now, as women business owners, I think we're very empowered. The only one who's limiting you is you. Mm. And I see that all the time. So when I was growing up, my mom used to make these fabulous cookies. The whole house smelled good. It was warm. The cookies were gooey, kind of makes your mouth water. And my whole life, I watched my mom eat the broken cookies. But it wasn't until I was a teenager that I even thought to ask her, why do you only eat the broken cookies? Do they taste better? And she laughed and said, no, I eat the broken cookies so you can have the whole ones. 
And not too long ago, I saw this really shocking statistic. 62% of women rely on their business for their primary income, and 88% of those businesses make less than $100,000 a year. Mm. And all of a sudden, this image of my mom eating the broken cookies pops in my head. And I started to recognize the pattern that I kept seeing and what I now call the broken cookie effect, which is we watched our role models, our moms and our grandmothers, and we, we watched them sacrifice and put everyone else first. Mm. And we now bring that into our businesses. So everyone else gets the whole cookie, your clients, your staff, your family, and we're living on crumbs. And I didn't know what that was, and I didn't know how to put words around it for a long time until all of these, I started connecting the dots and realizing that's what we're doing. And what that does is it creates an artificial glass ceiling in your business. And we don't even realize we're doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. so when you do that, it limits your growth and you're reaching out for those opportunities or even believing that you can have those opportunities. Mm. Uh, that is so interesting because I think it is a big reason why a lot of us leave the corporate world, at least as women, we leave because of that glass ceiling in, in corporate and especially in, you know, where I came from, which is the technology field, you know, we see that all the time. In fact, they just, there was a new statistic that just came out about how in the last 10 years, uh, the tech industry here in, in Washington state has not changed. The dynamic is still the same. It's 73% are, are male, male. And, um, that's always been an issue. It's why STEM, you know, has such a huge, uh, what, why women are so involved in STEM, uh, to try to change that dynamic. And so um, as you talk about this, uh, you know, to think that we come out of that reality to start our own businesses, to try to escape that, to only go out to create our own artificial ceiling, glass ceilings, Wow, what a what a concept, right? Um, and you know, I think uh, I was telling you, well, you know, because you were on the call with me when you first told me that story, and it actually just brought tears to my eyes uh, uh, when you retold it again, because I can imagine my mom doing that, you know, and imagine the women in my life that did that, uh, so that I could be where I'm at as well, right? But now is it necessary? So I guess my next question is really, how do you, how do we break that cycle? How do we get paid what we're really worth? It's an excellent question. And I want to highlight your part of your question, which is how do we get paid what we're really worth? Mm. And I'm going to separate that out a little bit because I'm somebody who believes, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm somebody who believes that every person has innate value and worth. So I think it sometimes works against us when we believe that our worth is tied to our pricing. Mm. So if we can separate that out and talk about the value that you bring to your clients, then we can talk about that value. And it's not about what you're worth or what you do or don't deserve in your own mind. Mm. It's much more about the value to your buyer. And mm -hmm. when somebody comes to you, 
and they are interested in working with you. Mm-hmm. They have a perception. They have a belief. Perhaps their belief is that you can help them. You have the solution they're looking for. There might be a belief that they need to get multiple bids or multiple estimates, right? So we don't know what the beliefs are when a buyer comes to us. And we start, especially we as women, start doing all these mental gymnastics, trying to figure out and and wonder what they're thinking. And 100% of the time, that, that works against us because mm-hmm. we tend to go to the negative. We as humans do that. And we mm-hmm. think, oh, they're going to think I'm too expensive or they're going to think I don't really know what I'm doing mm-hmm. or they're going to think that I'm, I'm arrogant because I'm t- talking up the kinds of results that I get. Hmm. All of these terrible thoughts inside our heads. And so the first thing that I do as I'm working with clients is bring all of those limiting beliefs to the surface and talk about them and deconstruct them and help shift the mindset of my client so that they can start to think differently. And that means behave differently, right? Hmm. So, When I say behave differently, I'll give you an example. For many of us, we are very reactive. We wait Mm -hmm. until somebody comes to us or the phone rings. We listen to what they're saying. And then we try to figure out what's the best way, A, to get them to buy from us, and B, to take care of them, whatever it is we think they need. Mm -hmm. And that often works against us. And... So what I teach is you can build your confidence by creating a pricing model and have a real rationale and a structure around your pricing. It builds your confidence and it helps you talk about it, which is one of the hardest things to do. And it helps your buyer understand how you price your services and what kinds of results they can get from that and how you're going to work with them. So the more you can communicate effectively, the more value you can build with your buyer, the more likely they are to choose you and to want to work with you. So first I teach that pricing piece, which I call value-driven pricing. And then I teach a selling piece, which is called painless selling to ideal buyers. Because selling doesn't have to be painful. And in the method and the process that I teach, it's much more like matchmaking, which of course feels much more natural for women. And it doesn't feel like I'm having to convince something, someone of something, right? Mm. We all know that doesn't work. Yeah. And it's much more natural and you'll feel much more confident when you have a process that you don't have to make up as you go. Mm-hmm. And right? And you can practice it and you can build your confidence and you know what you want to say. So now you've shifted your behavior from being reactive to being proactive. And Mm. people will interpret that in such a positive way. So where we think we're being so helpful and serving others by listening and then doing whatever they ask us to do, Mm -hmm. that does not build confidence in the mind of our clients. Right. So, so it's, it's a mind shift first and then learning the new skills and how to talk about it. 
Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's wonderful because I think, especially for new business owners, it is so hard to find the words and it's, it's what's even more daunting about it is that, you know, you should be able to say, you should be able to talk about it. Right. Um, but it just doesn't, uh, come naturally for, for all of us to basically speak from somebody else's vantage point, because that's ultimately what you need to do with your client. But I think you said it perfectly of trying to figure out what's going on in their heads. And we spend so much time doing that. Right. Um, and, uh, actually it's, uh, when we get to our digital marketing tip of the day, it's, it's one of, it's part of the tip is understanding who your buyer is. Right. Um, but I love that idea of having that conversation with you so that it, your worth is separated from that. Um, that is just, that's beautiful. Um, so, Speaking of difficulties and challenges, um, was there a time or a decision in your business journey that you wished had turned out differently? In general, no, because <laughs> I, I believe I had to be there to get here and here is fabulous. So are there things that I wish had happened differently? Of course I do. I think that's true of all of us. But, and there are some decisions that I've made, believe me, I've made plenty of mistakes. And that is one of the things that I do for my clients is I shortcut things. They don't have to make those mistakes. They don't have to take all the programs and spend all the money that I did because mm. I can shortcut it for them. And, mm. but one of the mistakes that I made was developing, I really thought I'm an expert. I can quote package my knowledge uh -huh. and sell that, right? I can sell that as a course or a program online. And so uh -huh. I spent way too much time, money, and energy developing programs, and then I couldn't sell them. Mm. What I now know is I need to be talking to my audience. I need to be asking what they want and what they're interested in buying. Because mm. what I did it the opposite way, I figured I'm gonna package my knowledge and surely people are gonna want this. And it doesn't mm. work that way. Mm -hmm. So my programs that I have now are successful because I did that. I went to my audience, I interviewed women business owners. I asked them, what do you want? What is important to you? Where are you getting stuck? And it's such a common problem for us to feel stuck in many different points in our business. Mm, so, mm -hmm. so that is very much what I focus on is if you're feeling stuck, that is a temporary situation. If you can find the right resource or the guide or the mentor that can help you get unstuck. And that's the focus that I bring. Mm. I love that. I love that. Um, so this is a question that you originally posed to me when I asked what what kinds of questions you thought I should ask, uh, I should ask in this interview. And I just love how this is worded. And I'm probably going to add it to my repertoire for my future guests. Um, so what seems easy to you, but is really difficult for your clients? Connecting the dots and verbalizing that. Mm. That seems easy to me. I tend to think in pictures and I used to think everybody thought that way <laughs> and realize now that most people don't think that way. 
And so for me, connecting the dots is pretty easy. It kind of goes back to the broken cookie effect. And that is very much the process of, I was seeing this pattern over and over and over for many years of women who were undervaluing themselves, underpricing their services, and then over-delivering. It's what I call the double whammy, mm. right? Because once you start doing that, you're already underpricing your services. Then you're over-delivering on your services because, of course, we want our clients mm -hmm. to be happy. Mm -hmm. Now your profit is just going to poof. It's gone. Yeah. So that double whammy is a pattern that I saw for many, many years. As I started connecting the dots and then verbalizing that and using stories and and talking with people about how we can make change and how you can shift the way you're thinking and how, unfortunately, some of the way we're currently thinking is self-sabotage. We don't mm. mean to do that, but that's like that artificial glass ceiling. Sometimes we don't even realize that's happening and yet it's keeping our revenue limited and our companies artificially small. Mm. So I think there's um, that's one of the things that I find easy that is difficult for my clients, especially because they're technical experts. And sometimes not only finding the words, but feeling confident enough to so I'll give you an example. I had a prospect who came to me and wanted me to change my pricing structure for her. And I immediately said no. And she was shocked. And I could see we were on Zoom and I could see her face. <laughs> she was shocked. And she said, what do you mean no? And I said, if this, if working with me is going to be a financial hardship for you, then we should not work together. This needs to work for you as well as it works for me. And as much as I'd love to work with you, and as much as I know we can get great results together, you have to feel ready and you have to be ready to invest in yourself. So if this is a financial hardship, then it's not the right match. Mm. Well, lots of people might not feel comfortable or confident enough to say no. Mm -hmm. And again, we want to keep people happy. We don't want to let anyone down. Right. So most of the time, especially women, we're going to say, oh, yeah, of course. Of course, I can change my pricing structure. Of course, I can do this. Yeah. Of course, I can mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. And that works against us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see that now. <laughs> it's so obvious right there in front of me. But I think it also probably helps your clients, too, because if you're if this is what you're teaching and yet you don't do it yourself, in the relationship with them, how can they possibly expect to actually learn that from you in the processes that you're teaching? <laughs> yes, I agree mm -hmm. with you. And also they think it can't be done, right? Mm. Like no mm. one would ever say no. Right. And yet, first of all, it's not, it's not typically a problem for guys. Yeah. They can say no pretty easily. And mm. But for women, it is difficult. And um, so I think that's part of it too, is initially, not only do they think they can't feel that confident and say what needs to be said, they don't think anyone is doing that. Mm. And so in a way, I'm kind of modeling that to yeah. 
I mean, exactly to your point of there's a reality here. And my reality is that I have a specific business model. I have a pricing model. I have a structure around everything that I do and it works really well. And it's up to the buyer to decide if it's a good match, if they want to invest, if they want to. And when I say invest, I mean time as well, mm -hmm. because any working relationship is going to require your time and energy. And that is not mm -hmm. free, right? Yeah. Anyone who has a busy business knows that your time is at a premium. So mm -hmm. that's why when I talk about shortcutting, yes, there you could go out and do what I did and learn how to price and sell. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you, it's taken me years and years to put together these programs based on the feedback from my audience, my clients, my prospects, so that I can shortcut it for them. Yeah, I love that. Mm. Well, is there anything else that you think people should know on this topic overall before we close today? I think one of the things that's important to keep in mind is that you are the boss. You're the boss in your company. You have discretion. So one of the questions I hear frequently is, I want to serve more people or I want to serve people even if they can't afford to work with me. Mm -hmm. And that is your prerogative as the business owner. My advice is go out and get wonderful ideal buyers to become your clients. They understand the value. They pay you the level at which it's really appropriate to pay you. And they're mm -hmm. paying you for your expertise, your experience, your knowledge. And then any clients that you want to take at a discounted rate or a pro bono arrangement, more power to you. I have no problem with that as long as you're profitable with your other clients. Mm. And that's the, I think the misunderstanding is that you have to do one before you do the other. You really mm. need to be bringing in more revenue to support yourself if you have staff and make sure that your business is viable and sustainable. Once you've done that and you are consistently profitable, then mm -hmm. you can help whoever you want to help mm. at whatever price mm -hmm. you want to charge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Patty, thank you so much for stopping by today. I really appreciate it. And before we take off today, um, tell us how can women business owners get a hold of you if they want help in this area or if they want to find out more about your solutions? Thank you for having me. This has been great. Mm -hmm. And yeah. people can reach me through my website, theblockgroup.net, theblockgroup.net. And when you go there, I'd like to offer your audience a free quiz. It's called My Revenue Roadblocks. And there's a link on my homepage when you get to my website. And when you take the quiz, it will bring to your awareness some of the things that are keeping you stuck in terms of generating revenue. Mm. When you do that, you'll get an email report that will spell out for you some of what is happening in your business and some of the first steps that you can take to address that. So I would encourage your audience to take the quiz. And also please reach out to me on LinkedIn and mention this podcast 
so that I can make that mental connection because I love connecting with people on LinkedIn and um, and I love meeting new people. So I really welcome that. Wonderful. Okay. Well, fantastic. And yeah, and I can attest that uh, Patty does love meeting new people and she is a lot of fun to talk to. So do reach out to her. Um, all right. So before we do take off, um, I do want to leave our listeners with our digital marketing tip of the day. When you think about your pricing and what you offer and how you offer it, it is so vital that you are starting off with a clear picture of who your client is. Most companies have a vague idea or they think they know who their customers and clients are. They say things like, oh, it's a mom with two to three kids, a household income over 125K a year, or it's a small or medium sized business owner in healthcare with revenue of one to five million. But those are just like the tip of the iceberg. In order to do effective marketing, you must have a vitally clear picture of who your people are. So this is going to affect all of the above decisions that you make in your company. So today I want to offer you a free resource that is absolutely fantastic for this. This is a tool to help you build a beautifully detailed buyer persona, or you might call it a customer avatar. This is from SEMrush. It's also referred to as SEMrush, which is an amazing marketing platform. Just go to SEMrush.com backslash persona. That is S-E-M-R-U-S-H dot com backslash persona, P-E-R-S-O-N-A. A huge thank you to my guest today, Patty Block with The Block Group. You can find Patty again at theblockgroup.net. Make sure to go there and take her quiz. It is amazing. Um, please make sure to follow us, subscribe, and like us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find this episode and previous shows along with contact information for me and all of our guests on our website at digitalconnections.us. Have a great week and tune in next time for another amazing digital connection for your business. Bye.